Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and Bluetooth. My name is Colin Kelly. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we're into episode 99. We're on the track to 100, and we have ourselves a special guest. And as the listeners will know, guests aren't too much a commonplace across the podcast <laughs> over those 99 episodes. Uh, this is just the third one ever. And we, we don't really just uh, take anyone in uh, and have them on the show. We always try and get the best. And Sean, I guess it will be only manners to uh, let the guest have uh, first talk on the show today. So we are joined by none other than Curtis Patrick, who you can follow on Twitter at CPatrickNFL, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz, the chief brand officer and the dynasty coordinator, somebody who you should be following on Twitter and somebody whose articles you should be reading every single time they post and also one of the hosts of the dynasty command center podcast on, of course, Rotoviz Radio. Curtis, a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, thanks for jumping aboard. Congratulations, guys! It's uh, it's an honor to uh, to make a guest appearance on your 99th episode. I mean, uh, just one before uh, a huge anniversary moment for you. I've been following the um, the giveaways that you've been doing. I think that's a great way to give people a sneak peek at all of the amazing things going on at Rotoviz. And um, this is an exciting time to talk about anything and everything Dynasty. Just coming off the NFL draft. All of our rankings were updated. The Rookie Guide, uh, Volume 3, just published. And um, I'm working on a really cool uh, dashboard-style cheat sheet. And, man, this is May is one of the best times of the Dynasty calendar, for sure. Yeah, it certainly is. And, uh, Sean, I guess we start the show the way we normally started as well. How have things been for you this week? Fantastic. Getting to participate in a, an awesome startup uh, with Curtis here and, and looking forward to discussing our Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide. All three volumes out now. When you buy the guide, you get the information from all three of them, including uh, obviously the updated information after the NFL draft. We have three different mocks, so you can pick out the one that is most relevant to your for- format and or just contrast where players went in different ones to get a sense of how this rookie draft could go uh, curtis this draft I, I think could be crazier than any that we've seen in the last decade with the way the reality draft threw some wrenches into values for some specific guys so we're going to be asking you about the dcc guide today uh, maybe start off with by just uh, giving us a sense of what makes this such a special project for you well, it's this was uh, this was the third year that we've done it, and uh, by far, I mean, third time was a charm, and that's because you know with with DCC coming under the root of his umbrella, it meant that you and Blair Andrews uh, were able to be involved along with TJ uh, Calkins and Travis May and myself, and I think that was just a way for us to blend in a very approachable and digestible way, blend some of the great research that's been done on the site over the years. Um, into a, a magazine style format. 
and uh, have that in volumes one and volume two alongside the production profiles of these players, um, some historical sims based on athleticism um, and projected draft capital. And then, of course, in volume three, really all there is left to do is is tweak for landing spot and, and draft capital, which were things that you know we could make educated guesses about in the process before the NFL draft, but really didn't have the answers, of course, until the teams call the players' names on the cards um, this year. And so I think what's really fun for me is starting you know, in December every year, you know, I think that we've consistently been ahead of the curve and releasing a first look at what rookie classes look like. And it falls into a space between like Debbie content um, and actual just true um, dynasty where there's not a, a college football aspect. So, you know, it, it's a great way of leveraging Travis's knowledge on college football. He's truly one of um, the, the best minds out there. And he really, he really keeps track of these players um, from the time they're college, uh, college freshmen and those initial recruiting classes. And then I really start to pick them up the year before they're, they're draft eligible. And it's kind of a scary thing, Sean, putting, putting rankings out there with your name on them before we even know who the combine, combine invites are and before um, we know if people are even going to declare. And so one of the most interesting times this year on the calendar was putting out volume one and then seeing some of the backs decide to stay in school. It's really, really surprising. It put a little bit of a dent in the first round value. But then as we saw throughout the combine process, we had some people nail the athleticism, enough wide receivers declared. And then of course the draft capital really hit and it made for a really strong first round, but one that I think is going to see a lot of uh, confusing ADP from league to league. Definitely. And I, you mentioned Travis and, and TJ, and they were uh, integral parts to what we did and, and obviously have been uh, with the DCC guide. It was a lot of fun. We got together for our ranking summit to hear Travis and TJ talk about their guys. Obviously, I get a lot of interaction with you and, and a lot of interaction with Blair as our managing editor, uh, really chatting with him all the time on articles and uh, rankings, tools, all of that kind of thing. To hear Travis go in and talk about some of these guys who are a little bit under the radar and then to hear TJ discuss some of the things that he's looking at with his valuations uh, in terms of landing spot, uh, some things that they now have discussed on the site over the last week with Travis's top 100 rankings, TJ with his landing spot rankings, really some cool stuff to hear. Uh, perspectives that uh, not necessarily clash, but definitely gave us some information from different directions. And so uh, getting all of that uh, in, in one package there, I, it, it was a lot of fun. And so we're excited to, to ask you some questions about uh, that ranking summit, where we have some of the guys in the mocks, in the rankings uh, as we as we go through the show here. So I know cullum has got some great questions for us. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun show. And I guess uh, Curtis mentioned, you know, for us getting to 100, I guess we hit the congratulations back the other way. Curtis, uh, the Command Center pod last week hitting 50 shows. So uh, no mean feat there as well. And it's like every week's one of my favorite podcast to listen into so any of the listeners who i'm sure if you're listening to this show you're already listening to it but definitely be checking that out and as i mentioned we are coming up here on the 100th episode of the show curtis teased it earlier to mark that occasion we are giving away 10 one month subscriptions to rotaviz.com if you're already subscribed we'll add it to the end of that subscription if you aren't already signed up i don't know what you're waiting for but you are going to get a one month subscription to try everything out as curtis said testing behind the scenes all you have to do is written review the podcast on your favorite podcast 
podcast app and retweet some of the podcast tweets on the feed but get those five star reviews and does really help the podcast and the podcast network uh, as always as well when you do sign up the stuff we're talking on today's show obviously we're talking about uh, the rookie guide but the stuff that we're talking about about the top 100s and things like that as well as the tools we talk about in every show are up on the website and as a podcast listener you can get 10 percent off a one-year subscription with the code 2020 rv radio at checkout so get involved in that as well but hit us with those five star ratings i guess we'll jump straight into the questions as we get to curtis's opinion we'll also obviously be getting sean's opinions as we run through here uh, in that uh, the dynasty command uh, center mocks you selected jk dobbins at 104 and the tight end premium mock what is the biggest concern for you with that is it the Dobbins is in a crowded backfield. You know, there might be some competition going along there. More competition than with Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders as rookies, both who didn't really break out until that second half of the rookie season, although uh, the promise is really there for Miles Sanders as we move into 2020, or that the Ravens simply don't throw the ball to the running back enough. So in PPR formats, maybe we're not going to hit on those high ceilings that we may hope for and maybe there is a bit of a limited ceiling there with Dobbins. Which of those would be your concern? And I guess there's probably not many concerns for you when you're picking them up at the, the 104, but excited, I'm sure, about Dobbins in, in 2020. Or are you thinking of that as more of a, a 2021 where things really kickstart? Uh, I, I love J.K. Dobbins. Uh, J.K. JK Dobbins as a 2,000-yard uh, rusher at Ohio State in very, very elite territory um, in Power 5 and then in Buckeye lore, obviously. Um, just an incredible athlete, um, you know, measuring in the 99th percentile, uh, at, at the uh, Nike event as an 18 year old. And he certainly didn't disappoint at the NFL combine. Um, he hit draft capital, um, which we were hoping, you know, he would go no later than the second round that obviously occurred. And he went to the Ravens who run out of the shotgun and, um, are obviously one of the, the best RPO, uh, rushing attacks in the NFL. And that's exactly the scheme that Dobbins, uh, performed in, in college. And so I think for his, for his skills, he landed in an absolute home run spot, um, except for the receiving work. Uh, and I think you hit on that a little bit in terms of breaking out in 2020, I think the Miles Sanders 2019 story, um, or I guess growth arc is very fair as a comparison, Mark Ingram, you know, in a, in a season where there's not going to be a lot of summer, uh, prep going on for these rookies. You know, he obviously knows the offense better. Um, he performed well last year with over a thousand yards again for how the however manyth time in his career. Um, so I think Dobbins emerges toward the second half of the year, and then in year two he'll be set up for um, something like a Nick Chubb style breakout. And I think Nick Chubb is probably like the ceiling comp for J.K. Dobbins from a fantasy perspective now. Where you know in Cleveland it's more because they've chosen to throw to a different back, and Baltimore it's just going to be because they're not throwing to the backs much at all. But I think I think low end RB one to mid RB one certainly within range of outcomes for J.K. Dobbins, even with uh, slightly less receiving work at his disposal. In this tight end premium mock, we had the running backs in the top five picks. Now, a little bit of that was because I had the number one pick, and obviously I did go with Jonathan Taylor, and perhaps not obviously, but still liked him ahead of my my new Chiefs back there, which I'm still trying to uh, wrap my head around and, and get comfortable with. But so we had the running backs in the top five. Travis suggested that he had running backs as his top five. I have seen running backs go in the top five of some actual drafts that I've been in. 
at the same time, also in our sort of RDL 2.0 league, uh, Cam Akers went at number 12. Obviously, you had Dobbins there at 104. I've seen Akers go multiple times ahead of him. I think, by contrast, this could be a little bit like 2017, where perhaps there is a Saquon Barkley back in this draft, and certainly not all of the running backs will be busts. But there's a real possibility that we're looking at a situation where a year and a half from now, we're trying to figure out how some of these wide receivers got into the second round, how they weren't the two, three, four, five types of picks. Curse, where are you in terms of valuing these running backs should we be looking at them still with the landing spots a little bit tricky maybe for uh, we discussed the situation with Dobbins you cleared that up for us maybe still tricky with Akers uh, certainly tricky with Swift where are we looking at these guys after the draft now man you raised such a great point but I'm not really moving off of it too much just because of how I'm approaching Dynasty in general right now Um, and if to use the 2017 example you know, we ended up with Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt in that draft as well, who had lower um, rookie ADP. And, you know, the quality of the running back talent ended up prevailing for fantasy purposes. And, you know, we wouldn't have thought maybe that Kamara was a, a smash landing spot initially with Mark Ingram still in town. Uh, and I think I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but I think there was somebody else in the picture as a, a potential receiving back. It might have been Traveris Cadet or somebody like that um at all it's it's all uh in the distant uh recesses of my brain at this point um but i think all of those running backs ended up um um, hitting in some way or another and i just think that's where this draft class is going to be i think you know either cam Akers or deandre swift despite landing in messy situations i think one of them will probably emerge um you know just based on draft capital and athleticism and production profile and how you know just absolutely excited uh, all the film guys are about these backs I, i'm really not budging on the quality here and because we're seeing a flattening of wide receiver fantasy production across the league i'm really hesitant to pass on running backs that have high-end rb2 within their range of outcomes especially with the relative youth of the backs in this class i mean so many of them have a rookie age of 21 um, and we know from from Blair's excellent work and others before him on the site that, you know, draft capital, rookie age, speed score, you get all these things in, in the soup and you end up with some running backs who are very attractive. So as much as I like Jalen Rager and Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb and as happy as I would be to land any of them on my squads, very difficult for me to pass on some of the upper tier backs in the class in their favor. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. If you're missing the NFL, like myself and Sean, no problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden 20 simulations you can bet on. I've seen a lot of people even streaming these on YouTube and uh, you know getting involved then on the action uh, over at Bet Online. So do get involved. It's a, it's a lot of fun it's not quite the nfl but it's uh, another way to get that fix you can either bet on survivor big brother american idol and the stock market uh, and it's all open 24 hours a day and all online use the promo code blue wire to join today and receive your new welcome bonus bet online your online wagering solution 
I also want to tell you about our friends over at Blue Chew. Are you trying to last a little bit longer or go a few extra rounds in the bedroom? Get to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They have the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time in the pharmacy line. Bluechew's online physician is free of cost and once approved, your ships straight to your door in discreet packaging here's a great deal for you guys as a loyal podcast listener visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code bluewire just pay the five dollar shipping again that's bluechew.com first order free bluechew.com promo code bluewire so as we move forward, um, Sean has compiled a, a very interesting list here. We're going to get some of Curtis's thoughts. We'll probably get Sean to jump in then with his thoughts as well as we run through them. But some picks from the the recent mock and you know where they went some players who are relatively even you know across adp and things like that and just with that in mind is it a case on these players that curtis you feel i guess first option would be very strongly on them still feel that way maybe secondly is that you had the players relatively even and it was a tough call or maybe you've flipped all the other way there's a week in hindsight to evaluate the situation the landing spot and everything like that maybe you would change some of those around so we have uh, justin jefferson going ahead of uh, jerry judy obviously as we mentioned this is uh, tight end premium uh, formats is that something uh, still that you would go ahead and do you know one week removed from that rookie mock no and and actually i mean that that was basically based off of how i had the players tiered and i kind of wanted to just see where judy would go <laughs> um initially right after the nfl draft too i think you're you're thinking about you know okay Cortland sutton's in that offense noah fans in that offense um they also drafted alberto Bunham. and so what would the initial opportunity for judy be versus a justin jefferson who really slots in as the immediate secondary um you know target hog in, in the vikings offense so i think it's range of possible outcomes that judy falls um below jefferson rager or rugs in a draft whether it's tight end premium or otherwise and uh here travis wisely snapped judy up um i still have judy above jefferson in my rankings but um it was interesting to see what happened there uh, when i selected jefferson before him and Sean, I guess we, we kind of talked about that last week in that situation. A week past more, I'm starting to feel a lot more confident about that landing spot for Judy. Has your thoughts changed since we, we recorded last week? Is the confidence improving in that situation? I, I would certainly draft him in the spot uh, that he was going in this mock here. Certainly comfortable with him where he's going in rookie drafts that I'm tracking. I still think it's a, a tricky spot because I think that there's a chance that Handler may end up being the best wide receiver uh, in this class which i mean certainly if that's the case it's going to be very very crowded there but certainly makes i think drew lock now a very exciting player in Superflex. curtis another interesting one that we had there was t higgins you selected him uh, just ahead of michael Pittman, and to throw in a different position Keyshawn vaughn uh, this is an interesting one looking at the early declare versus the four-year guy just with that we know that the draft slots probably overstate how close they are but maybe Pittman has some characteristics that Higgins doesn't or perhaps it's more interesting to talk about Vaughn I actually or threw out the question there uh, in the previous one looking at uh, the wrong year thinking of 2018 really in 2017 but that brought up for me this Alvin Kamara idea and how 
someone who was a little bit less expensive, but now certainly, and since he's been in the NFL, really a top five dynasty value. Is there any chance that Vaughn ends up being this draft's Alvin Kamara? We've certainly seen him drafted like that in a few rookie events that have happened so far. Sure. I think, I think it's possible if he gets bell cow usage um, down there, um, he could absolutely smash. I mean, I, I think that, you know, even top three upside amongst the rookies this year is within range of outcomes. If he truly locks down that role, I don't, I'm not sure that he's going to have upside above Jonathan Taylor or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, but you know, it's, it's really going to come down to does Ronald Jones show enough in camp to still have a meaningful role? Um, if not, the Buccaneers clearly aren't, aren't married to Jones. They've had every chance to, to show that. Uh, and, and, you know, they went ahead and, and invested early draft capital and another back here. You know, I, I'm not, there's plenty of questions about Vaughn for me. I mean, he's older, you know, he's a transfer. I mean, he was beat out by very, very pedestrian players at Illinois before he moved to Vandy. And so, um, I don't think that we can just forget that. I mean, his most recent year and his peak production looked great. So, you know, it, it's just a little bit of a messy profile and, uh, but the landing spot and the draft capital, you know, certainly he, he hit a nice combination there. Um, in, in terms of him versus Pittman or Higgins, you know, Higgins, I just think, you know, with the early production, you know, his, a pretty solid history for Clemson wide receivers transferring, um, to the NFL, and then the smash landing spot with Joe Burrow as his potential alpha moving forward. Um, I, you know, I stand by that pick. I would still draft Higgins in front of Pittman and Vaughn today in tight end premium or um, well, in really in any format. I mean, adjusting for super flex or non tight end premium doesn't really change the rankings of those three players for me since they don't play. Uh, premium positions one that's uh interesting and you know both have established running backs well i guess we'll say established running backs a second year player uh coming out in buffalo obviously in devon singletary um you have zach moss there and also aj Dillon drafted to the packers where although the packers and being a packers fan the draft wasn't that enjoyable you know aj Dillon still profiles to be you know pretty good at the the nfl level out of those two guys um what what you're leaning towards now is the the preferred pick uh, th- I've got them tiered similarly. Uh, for me, this is really about what I think their upside in year one is, because um, I don't think either one of these guys just goes in and steals the job. Um, but in the unlikely event that it did occur, Zach Moss, I think, has a much better chance of unseating Devin Singletary than A.J. Dillon does Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones has been a fantastic producer. Uh, he's trusted by Aaron Rodgers. He was one of the league leaders in touchdowns last season. And uh, he's also, I believe, in a walk here. And, you know, the team's really going to want to get everything out of him. You know, A.J. Dillon's speed score and and early draft capital, you know, are things that are impressive. Um, but we know he's not really good at creating yards. Um, and he wasn't really loved um, by a lot of uh, film grinders. Hasn't really shown anything in the receiving game. I'm, I'm wondering if A.J. Dillon signals um, a move towards a, a power running game that features running backs uh, less in, in the receiving aspects of the offense in 2021 and beyond um, with LaFleur looking like maybe he wants to build Tennessee Titans North in green Bay. But for this year, I think Aaron Jones is still a safe bet in fantasy and as nice as Devin Singletary looked um, you know, him and Zach Moss are, are very different in the way they're constructed. And I think Moss could steal 
um, you know, work near the end zone. And, you know, all it would take is a, a little injury with Singletary's relative lack of experience in the NFL for Moss to potentially usurp him. Uh, whereas I think Aaron Jones has built up a little bit of um, maybe team or offensive loyalty based on his production on the past several years. Yeah, I love A.J. Dillon and think that he does have a chance to be that Derrick Henry type of guy. But Zach Moss really perfectly positioned here to get a lot of high value touches and a little bit surprising almost that he's not going earlier in drafts. Well, Chris, we got to put you on the spot for the number one pick. You're sitting there in the format that uh, everybody's playing now because it's easily the most fun format looking at our super flex mock and you selected Jonathan Taylor ahead of Clyde Edwards Alaire and Joe Burrow obviously the guy uh, there with the Chiefs the first running back maybe not for 2020 but for 2021 probably through 2022 uh, 2024 I mean you're gonna have an insane floor and a fantastic ceiling for that Chiefs back and then Burrow I know you're a big fan potentially one of the best uh, quarterback prospects in a long time what is it that had you still with Taylor ahead of those two guys and is that specific to this draft where you don't have a team are there situations in which uh, team considerations roster considerations would bring uh, maybe Burrow to number one for you probably I mean really honestly not I mean we're we're doing these rookie drafts in May Um, I don't have to field my fantasy roster until September I think that Jonathan Taylor is a once every couple years type of back and I think that maybe we're just a little bit numb because we had a prospect similar to this with Saquon Barkley a couple years ago Um, but I really just think his profile is that strong I think the Colts were an amazing landing spot for him um and i'm just not wavering from my my pre-draft assessment on him i think he's an absolute must have type player in dynasty um clyde edwards hilaire hit the jackpot in terms of landing spot um but i'm not just going to excuse away his lack of early collegiate production and assume that he's going to be you know one of these all decade type players like LaShawn mccoy and brian westbrook were just because he's playing for andy reed I mean, there's plenty of reason for optimism. He's in an awesome offense, um, but I just don't think he's the player that Jonathan Taylor is. Um, so I would much more likely uh, consider Burrow over Taylor if I was just desperate for quarterback um, on a specific roster. That is a decision I could maybe see myself making um, just because I actually think Burrow will have 101 Superflex uh, rookie ADP um, when it's all said and done. And, you know, trading back to the 102 and getting cute and trying to get a little equity, I just don't think you can depend on on getting him there. You're going to have to take your guy if you have uh, if you have the 101. So, you know, I like like Burrow to start early, obviously, with the team moving on from Dalton. We didn't have that information at this time, but, um, you know, it's even more reason for optimism because you'll get the early production, too. You mentioned Drew Locke earlier. If there's a reason I'm not putting Burrow at my 101, and super flex it's because i think you can still get guys in the range of dynasty value of where joe burrow is going to be going like a drew lock like a baker mayfield who has slid um but now is poised um with an you know even better offense and in, in year three to take a step forward i think there's perennially undervalued guys like carson wentz um that are going to be available for similar pricing so i don't feel the desperation to get a burrow whereas i think these elite backs are just so difficult to get and that's how i view taylor 
Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point too for anyone listening, obviously, because you're going to see those uh, quarterbacks go very high in the next group I'm going to ask you about also includes a quarterback, so <laughs> probably gauging towards that answer, but there is a quite a number in particularly super flex formats that some of those quarterbacks are uh, going at a, a lesser value than that 101 would, would be able to get you. The next one up is Justin Herbert, so the third quarterback off the board and pretty much most uh, super flex uh, leagues, and then you had CD Lamb as well. Um, so in this, you know, if you're if you're going with that uh, kind of mindset that you had with Joe Burrow, I'm guessing that you'll be leaning towards C.D. Lamb then with, with this combination. Is that right? Justin Herbert ahead of C.D. Lamb, I think is something I would still consider um, on certain rosters. I, I like C.D. Lamb landing in Dallas. I like that he's married to Dak Prescott. I think that he's already better than Michael Gallup and he might be better than Amari Cooper. Um and, and certainly within a year or two, I think he could really emerge as the number one in an offense that's going to sling the ball everywhere. However, um, you know, today in terms of adjusting for for value in a super flex league, you know, re- receivers in super flex league, I think, take more of a ding um, than backs just because there are so many fantasy relevant players at that position. And Herbert, um you know, he's Tyrod Taylor, unfortunately, finds himself in a familiar position where, you know, he's going to basically keep the seat warm until the rookie is ready. And it only took two games until Cleveland uh, threw Baker Mayfield in there for Tyrod. And you know, I'm, I'm not sure that Tyrod will make it out of September with Herbert um, unless, you know, the summer is really is really affected uh, by everything going on with coronavirus. So, um, Herbert got draft capital. He's got great weapons with Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler. He, he's in a great situation. It's just, you know, feels like a small market team, even though it's Los Angeles and um, just kind of a under the radar, a smash landing spot for Herbert to succeed. And so um, I, I would still consider making this decision today. That's certainly an interesting one. Those are those are a couple of my favorite guys there and, and love Liam. We talked about this a little bit on the in the summit, but I think Herbert could be a very sneaky guy to have similar value to the top two quarterbacks there and certainly at a discount to them in terms of where you're going to get him in rookie drafts. Curtis, before we let you go, we wanted to get your opinion on a few ways to play the the last half of drafts, a few of your favorite sleepers. Obviously, that's uh, what people are, are looking for from one of the top dynasty minds in the industry. In these mocks that we did, you had Antonio Gandy-Golden a couple of different times in round three. Is is that because of the value that he fell to there, or is he someone you feel somewhat strongly about? Would he be one of your last sort of must-draft types of players if you're looking to move into the end of round three, or you're looking to say, okay, after this guy, maybe I'll sell the rest of my picks? Yeah, Gandy-Golden is, is a player I was kind of a little down on before the NFL draft. Um, and it's a little bit because I feel stung from Andy Isabella last year. Um, and I haven't given up on Andy Isabella. Um, but I, I was skeptical that Gandy Golden would get draft capital, you know, coming out of Liberty and just was a little maybe worried about how his skill set would project to the NFL. And, you know, I didn't hear rave reviews from the senior bowl. And so there's kind of just a lot of stuff that was in the soup there, but he landed in a, a really, great spot for early opportunity in Washington. He's basically going to have to beat out Kelvin Harmon, who was a late draft pick last year and, you know, didn't really flash. I think he had 30 something receptions and, you know, in the road of his prospect box scores, box score scout, 
even you know with a draft position of 142 in his top 10 comps we find Eric Decker, Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen and Allen Robinson. And so you're talking about almost half of his comps being players that you know are fantasy wide receiver ones. And so in the third round of a rookie draft, I think it's an excellent dart throw, especially considering he doesn't have much to stand in his way for early opportunity. And and last year before before we leave you Give us your your top deep sleeper. I'm putting together the day three wide receiver prospect lab uh, scores. A couple of interesting guys stand out. Uh, players that you have picked here. We have someone like Asifas, like a culture. Uh, someone you didn't draft. Mooney might be another one. Do you have a favorite in in that round four area? Is there anybody uh, if you have sort of a rebuilding team where you think, okay, round four, I can still get some value. Yeah, I'm, and and you mentioned TJ's, um, you know, ability to to influence and and share some of his work. And it, at the summit, you know, we ended up getting in a conversation about Quintus Cephas and the landing spot in Detroit with Marvin Jones on his way out after 2020, um, and and the Lions having a history of supporting up to three pass catchers. Um, you know, Quintus Cephas drew high praise. Um, from some from some top uh, opponents in the Big Ten who were highly drafted, and uh, you know I just think that's that's an interesting spot to maybe uh, be the the wide receiver too uh, potentially as early as twenty twenty one. Obviously, everyone's a dart throw in this range. Um, I, I, actually, my favorite dart throw in round four is not a wide receiver; it's a running back. It's the Michael Pirine uh, who landed with with the Jets. Um, but at the wide receiver position, I would say it is Cephas. However, in round four, I just, I would rather throw the dart at a running back most of the time. Awesome. Well, those are some fantastic insights from obviously one of our favorite dynasty guys. Uh, certainly we're biased, but I don't think there's any question that Curtis is one of the best uh, dynasty guys in the entire business. Awesome to have him on the show with us, show 99 here. I definitely go out, check out the rookie guide. He's done a fantastic job with that. As always, we have four round mocks in the three different formats we discussed a little bit today. Tiered rankings that go very, very deep, uh, new research, on advanced stats, all the kind of stuff that you want from this type of guide. I think the, the 2020 version has had a fantastic reception. We were excited about that. Uh, Curtis, any final thought on the DCC guide here before we let you go? Um, no other, I guess, other than to purchase it, if you, if you haven't already, um, just want to remind everyone that you, you know, purchasing volume three, you're also going to get, um, the download link for volume one and volume two. So you'll, you'll see all the work dating back to December. Um, you can kind of follow how we went through the process. You're going to have access to things like Travis May's adjusted production index scores that were in there. Um, some excellent work, um, from Sean in, in terms of talking and explaining, um, breakout age. Blair Andrews shared some excellent um, research and data on on running backs and tight ends, and um, TJ's got his his landing spot and, and trade uh, piece in there in volume two that I think was highly actionable. And he actually, I think, dovetailed that nicely into a piece uh, on Rotoviz that people can check out um, on the site now. So um, we had a lot of fun. We'll be bringing it back for 2021 for sure. Um, and you know, for those of you who did purchase it, thank you so much for your support. You know, we really appreciate it.
Yeah, really good stuff. And uh, as Sean mentioned there, Curtis, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I guess uh, for all the listeners, of course, check out the Dynasty Command Center podcast. Uh, I think episode 51 uh, has already hit the air. I think I listened to that on, on Monday, Curtis. That one dropped uh, already, so you're, you're, you're already up and running for this week. Yeah, we're, we're, we're chasing you guys uh, to episode, <laughs> episode 200. We're going to try to beat you there. you got a 50-episode head start or something, but um, yeah, we're, 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 trying to, we're trying to catch up. So yeah, our last, yeah, two, our last two episodes focused on rookie drafts. So if you like the discussion here on this episode today, but want to get into more um, kind of specific uh, listening to trade spots, um, specific intra-draft strategies. Travis May and I got into all of that in episodes 50 and 51. Yeah, highly recommend that. And as well, obviously follow Curtis on Twitter at CPatrickNFL. Episode 100 is coming out later this week. It'll be out on the individual feed on Thursday, the main feed on Friday. So if you subscribe to the individual feed while leaving that five-star review, you'll also get the show a little bit earlier. We're going to have five guest clips with some bold rookie predictions coming up on that. We have Peter Overzet, Davis Maddock, Ben Gretsch, uh, Pat Corain, and Matthew Freeman. So looking forward to sharing that one far later in this week. With that, it's going to do it for for today's edition of the show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over ireland as always make sure you're checking out sean's fantastic work up on the road of his website and until we're back later in the week with that all important episode 100 have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.